welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, February 8th. We are here live. It's a free-for-all for for the first hour. We only have an hour, so jump in and join us. Those phone lines are open. Calls are starting to come in. 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. You can also use the Call Now button on your app. We'll get to those calls here in just a little bit. Coming up in the next hour, 9 a.m. here on the West Coast, Rolling Toe will follow me, and uh, I've also got my coaching call later today at noon Pacific time. If you are in our coaching group, we'll see you then. All right, uh, I have a couple things before we get to the calls. Um, Actually, I really only have one thing. Yesterday, I was working on my CMC material, which is about all I'm going to be doing for the next... We only have 41 days. If you're going to sign up for the CMC, I would do it pretty quickly. We only have 200 seats. I've been seeing registrations come in. Um, So get signed up. You do it at the MATS, the Mid-America Truck Show website. If you've already registered for MATS, you've got to go back and, and log back into your account to add it on. If you are registering for the Mid-America Truck Show, the CMC registration is right there. So you can, uh, they call it an add-on. So you can register for the CMC while you're registering to get your tickets. I'm excited about the show this year. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good show in a lot of ways, even though uh, we're, we're kind of in a down market. The energy feels a little different. Um, Matt's has really kind of upped their game around the truck show. You know, that show's been going on for over 50 years. Um, they reached out to us and they said they wanted to do more education, invited us to be a part of it. So we're excited about it, but get signed up. So I, I was working on that yesterday, but I had to take a break and I was waiting for somebody to get back to me about something and I saw a trucking space there. So I jumped into it just to kill a little time. And uh, they had an interesting conversation going and I joined in and somebody said, and I've had this question a thousand times and you would think I would get better at answering it. The question is, well, what is the CMC? What am I going to learn? And here's the challenge I have. If I look at the amount of material I had at the last live CMC, I had, well, even the last four or five of them, I had somewhere between 80 and 100 slides in my slide deck, my presentation. And I was on stage about 30 hours or so myself, and we had a lot of other speakers that are there as well, uh, over a dozen, I think. And out of my 70, 80, somewhere, sometimes up to 100 slides, 30 some hours on the stage, I only got to less than 40 of them. So the material I thought I could get through in a week, I only got through about half of it. And it really depends on the audience. Questions, there's a lot of material to cover when I do this. And that's always been my challenge. You know, the CMC, the first time I did it, And for the first year, I was doing one every month. It was a two-day program, and I was the only presenter. And even then, I struggled. What material should I put in in two days? Because I have so much more I could teach. And then we made it three days. 
And really, we did that because of the people who were attending. We did surveys and said, what can we do to make this program better? And they said, there's too much material. It's overwhelming. Give us three days to do it. And eventually, three days wasn't enough. And we did surveys and they said, we need more time. There's too much material. So we made it four days. And as soon as we made it four days and we did a survey, they said, look, you've already screwed up our whole week. There's still too much material. Make it five. Five-day business conferences are almost unheard of. One of the reasons is they are way too expensive to put on. Um, really expensive, like hundreds of thousands of dollars expensive. And even at an $1,800 ticket, which is what our CMC was back then, we still really didn't make enough money to make it worth all the time and, and resources we had to dedicate to it. We didn't lose money, but we didn't make anywhere near enough. And that's why we had to decide how do we how do we do this? How do we get more information across and not have to charge $5,000 to come to this event? And honestly, it was too much material no matter what. It's just hard for our brain to absorb that much in that amount of time. So when we decided to go back and kind of rewrite the CMC, reimagine it. How can we do this? One of our ideas was always a hybrid of a live event and then virtual webinars throughout the year. And when COVID hit and we really couldn't do live events, we thought, well, maybe we should just release it as an online course. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I, I don't really want to do that. So we kind of waited. Um, then Matt's reached out to us, and it seemed like the perfect fit. So we created the program we have now, which will be a live event at Matt's here in 41 days. And then uh, two webinars a month, a webinar every other week for the rest of the year. So now I have almost twice as much material as I had in the original CMC because now this program is about becoming a carrier. It was about becoming a contractor. Now you're still going to learn all the stuff you would have learned in the original CMC plus a whole lot more. I even go back, we'll call it the prequel, before you even think about buying the truck and getting into business, I'm going to teach you about personal finance and how you set yourself up in your personal finances so that you increase the odds that your trucking business is going to be successful. So we go all the way back to the beginning. We talk about money and budgets and your net worth, and I'll help you calculate that. I'll help you figure out uh, if you're not ready to be in business, how you get ready. Then we're going to cover everything about buying your first truck, how to spec it, how to find it, how to negotiate for it, how to modify it once you've got it. That's going to be, you know, very individual. We talk about your business model. The ultimate goal here is to teach you how to be a carrier, but an interim step might be to lease to a carrier for a while. We'll talk about that. Then I'm going to spend a lot of time, 
on how you make one truck as profitable as you can possibly make it. And when people say, well, well, what does that mean? What am I going to learn? How do I sum up a year's worth of learning? I, I don't know how to do that other than to say, well, I'm going to cover this time. And, and people go, well, well, is that all? What am I going to learn, though? <laughs> well, that's the material that's in the program, and there's a lot of it. But I want to go back to why I created this program. And honestly, it, it, this goes back to my very first day, or I'll say my first week of being in the trucking industry myself at 22 years old. Bought my first truck. I, it was a local job, so I would show up at a terminal in the morning and there was probably oh, 15 contractors that worked out of that terminal. I was the new guy. I was also very young, 22. But I, I can remember really clearly that first week or so. Here was my thought process. So if I haven't had many jobs in my life as an employee. I mean, I started working when I was 14 in a restaurant, worked in a grocery store, um, worked in a body shop for a little bit. And that was about it. Other than that, um, I became self-employed pretty early in life. But I remember when you are an employee and you work at a job, most of the people around you that you work with every day probably make about the same amount of money as you do. Now, some might make more because they've been there longer, but the numbers aren't that far apart. If you take an occupation and the people doing the occupation, whether they're brand new or they've been there 20 years, and this is certainly true in trucking, they make about the same. I've always thought that was odd. I mean, it doesn't matter how much experience you get in trucking. Nobody really wants to pay you much more. The pay scales are about the same for employees. So when you take a, if this terminal that I was at would have been employee drivers, most of the people would have been in about the same financial situation. But that's not what I saw. In fact, it was the exact opposite. I saw this huge disparity. Now, again, these are all independent contractors. They're small businesses. And what I saw was one guy who was just... Uh, Surprised he could make it into work most days. His car didn't start half the time. He always had some excuse about, well, his, there was always something. It was always a struggle. He was always broke. He was in really bad financial shape. And then I knew other people there doing the same thing. They show up at the same terminal every day. They hook up to the same trailers. We're at the same dock. We all go deliver freight. We go pick up freight. We come back. But I see somebody who has a really nice home and a cabin up at the lake and their kids in college and they're driving a nice, fairly new, dependable car. Their truck looks good. It's not always breaking down. I thought, what's the difference here? Why this huge disparity between people doing the same thing. And again, my, my sense of reference was employees, and for the most part, most people in a similar job make about the same amount of money. Now, clearly, some manage it better than others, but the difference wasn't nearly as big or as stark as what I was seeing. And that got me thinking, and it got me curious, and I thought, what's the difference? I'm, I'm just getting started at this, and I'm clueless. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I thought to myself, I, I don't want to end up like that guy. I want to end up like this guy. 
what, what do I need to do to make that happen? What do I need to do to make sure I don't end up like this guy that's just always broke, his truck's always broke down, can't get to work half the time? I don't want to end up like that. What are they doing different? And I've always been curious about that. And it's what I've spent boy, almost 40 years now. That was almost 40 years ago. Uh, I'm 60 now, turned 61 this year. I was 22 then, coming up on 39 years ago when I first had that thought. Now, doing what I do for all these years, I, I have been able to watch that over and over and over. And it is why I do what I do. What is the difference? There are a thousand differences. There isn't one thing. There's never one thing. There's much more nuance. It is almost, it, it is impossible to, for me to convey how much information I'm going to give you in this program over a year. I've tried to put it into an outline. I've tried to make it, you know, here's, it's kind of a franchise model. Um, There is a lot of material here, and I don't know how to tell you what all the material is without telling you what all the material is, and that takes me a year to do it. I can tell you this. I mean, this program works. This is the, the biggest, best program I've ever put together, but it it comes from all the programs I've done in the past, and they work. We know they work. We've proven it over and over and over. They work really well. Here's one of the best ways I can describe this and why I absolutely know it works. We have so many success stories. When I say, you know, these people who are doing really well, they went through the CMC. I don't ever want to take credit for their business success. They succeeded on their own. I didn't do that. But I did provide them with information that helped them. And it made their operation better. And they will tell you that. But I don't ever want to, like, well, I made their business successful. No, I didn't. I did what I do. I've spent 40 years trying to figure out what makes a truck more profitable what makes an owner operator more profitable one truck i focused on one truck for all these years but i've also been around business long enough i've owned multiple trucks i know what it takes to get to the next step the second truck the third truck the tenth truck those are the things we're going to teach people but when you do it right in the right order it's pretty incredible here's one more example and then i'm going to get to the calls are starting to pile up of, of how I've watched this work over the years. So, you know, we use Matt's numbers a lot for examples of, of what's possible. We do that for a couple of reasons. One, Matt's part of our team here, has been for a long time. Uh, Matt's wife, Angie, is one of our call screeners, and Matt is willing to share his numbers with us out of profit gauges. So we use him as an example a lot. Last year was pretty incredible. In a year where people and small fleets were already going out of business last year, it was happening quite a lot in the last half of the year, Matt had almost a record year. Not quite as good as he did in 2022, but darn close and way better than most single truck owner operators I've ever seen. Matt took home net after expenses somewhere, if I remember, is like 274000 That's an incredible number. How is that possible? Now, here's another way to look at it. I will talk about one of my worst case scenarios. 
I've talked about this story for a lot, but it's not the only one. I have several of these. In fact, some of them, I might be mixing up some of these stories, but you'll get it. So I had a caller called me many years ago, and he was in a lease purchase, and I was talking about lease purchases, and he was struggling, and he said, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, let's talk about your numbers and your accounting. And, and it was clear pretty quickly that he didn't have any numbers or accounting. And I said, well, there's why you don't know what to do, because you don't know what's happening in your own business. I can't know what to do in your business unless I can see some numbers. I, I can't tell you what's going wrong. I can't make any recommendations. I have no idea what we should do. And he, was, he didn't think he could do the accounting on his own. And, and I said, look, we're going to do it for you. And we didn't charge him anything for this. And I've done this many times. We took all of his data from th that year and we did the data entry. We set up a profit gauges account for him. We got his numbers. We got him back on the air. And I said, well, I I'm surprised you are still in business at all. I'm surprised you are eating. Here are the numbers. He was only taking home, profiting, 13 cents a mile. If he would have driven 100,000 miles that year and he was trying to drive a whole lot more, just to put that into perspective, at the end of a year of work as an owner-operator, now he was leasing the truck, still makes him a legitimate owner-operator, at the end of the year, he would have had $13,000 profit. That's it. You can't live on $13,000. So the first thing I did was congratulate him on managing his personal budget really well, or he would have been out of business a long time before this. He was fortunate that he didn't need much money, or he would have been out of business long before he found me. So I said, let's start working on this. And, and one of the approaches I took back then was, look, you're living on 13 cents a mile. You need to go get a reasonably good employee driving job paying 40 or 50 cents a mile. And you're going to keep living on 13. And we're going to save the extra money you make. And you're going to buy a truck cash. And we're going to get you into the business the right way. Now, this story went on for years, and he still calls me once in a while. We went from 13 cents a mile going broke in a lease purchase. Now, think about it. I've got Matt over there making $275,000, $74,000 a year. And here we have a guy doing the same thing. He's driving a truck. He's putting in a lot of miles, and he's making $13,000. is not that crazy? That's what drives me. When people say, what's in the CMC? I'll tell you what's in it. What's in it is how you go from making $13,000 because you're running your business so poorly to making $274,000, which most people in this industry would probably think we're lying because they've never seen numbers like that. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's not easy. There's a lot of things you have to do. That's the hundred hours of material that's going to be in the CMC. That's what it's all about. How do you go from a, a business that won't support a family to a business that puts you in probably about the top 3% of earners in our country? I'd have to go look, but I'll bet $274,000 puts you in the top 2 or 3% for earnings. That's pretty incredible. 
But that really, that, that is what the CMC is. It's from start to finish, the information you need to, to make that difference so that you're not out there working for pennies with all that risk and stress so that you get to enjoy your own success. That's what the program's all about. So with that, um, if you have any questions about it, love to talk about it, call and ask. Um, I would highly encourage you to get signed up. We only have 200 seats. This first session at Matt's is only $100. I used to charge $750 when the program was two days. When it was five days, it was $1,800. Now, a full day and a half for $100. It, it, there is no better value out there, but the real value is you're going to get a very in-depth look at what the rest of the program is. I don't have several hours to do that now, but at that event, not only will I be teaching you a lot of good material, you're going to get a preview of what the whole program is about, and then you'll be able to sign up for the year-long program. So, um, and there will be some limits on the number of people I can put into that too, because I spend a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with people in a program like this, answering their specific questions. And if I have too many people, there's too many questions, I can't get to it. So we do have to limit it. Uh, this first one, we're limited by, we're really limited mostly by budget. Um, at $100 a ticket, we don't make any money on this. In fact, we wouldn't be able to do this, um, except our partner, truckstop.com um, is helping us do this first event. They are, uh, they are providing a lot of money to make sure we can cover our budget on this because the $100 a person doesn't even come close. So we, uh, we'd love to see you there. If you have any questions, call me. If not, just get signed up before it's too late. Let's go to the phones. Let's, um, let's go to Massachusetts. AJ, welcome to the program. Uh-oh, hold on a second. AJ, go ahead. Yep, you got me now? Yep, what's on your mind today? Good, mo good, good morning, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. I, um, so I've been over here at Landstar three years now, coming up almost in March. And uh, I did everything, all your programs, got the right truck, um, very um, very decent truck and treated me well. And uh, I'm ready. I bought a uh, Plogra truck and uh, wanted to have a backup. And then found out that Landstar won't let me put both trucks on registration-wise and insure it and everything ready to go. So I was getting ready to sell the, the original truck and keep this one. And then I had a driver that ran this route with me. He uh, he went out of business because he did the wrong wrong thing. So I tried to put him on, but he went and went to a lease purchase. Oh, boy. And so I said, all right, I need, I need to uh, – probably try to just uh, sell this the original truck which I hate to sell because I love this truck and it went it uh you know it was really it's really a good profitable truck I want to share it with another tribe member that can do right um, right do great great things with it so my advice it's for sale and uh, my you know my question is it is is it a is it a right uh, decision to make cuz I can't I would love to keep it registered and ready to go for a backup but you know, I can't do it Lance don't want to let me do it 
Yeah, that kind of makes the decision for you then. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, you don't leave Landstar and go find another carrier that's even close to that in most cases. You know that. They, they, they have a perfect setup over there for somebody like you. You can be very, very profitable. You decide if you want to deal with those back office headaches or not. If you don't, they take care of all that. Um, I love the idea, especially when you have a really well-specced, profitable truck and you can afford to keep it. I, I love the idea of having a spare truck, but they're not going to let you do that here. So um, it makes it a lot more difficult. Then you've got to just park the truck somewhere. You got to keep insurance on it and then hope when it's time you'd be able to sign it on and go through all that process. So it just doesn't sound practical to keep this one. As much as I, I'd like you to be able to, it just doesn't sound like it's going to work this time. Yep. So that's the uh, second part of my call. Um, I've called in the show before, shared my numbers, um, shared the story, um, and I'm ready to go to the CMC, get my own authority, and uh, and go that route. I'm very excited about um, now, doing this the next year. Oh, you are going to do it in the next year? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Without a doubt. Then I got to think a little bit. Um, maybe you should park this truck and keep it. All right. Yeah, it is. It is parked. So I'm ready for all those headaches because uh, I was a company driver before I came to Landstar, and three years is about all I can make it at a company. And I got bored. Got on Landstar, and I and I after six months, I found this run that I'm on, and it's just back and forth, same same agents, you know, back and forth to Detroit, and uh, it, it's absolutely boring the crap out of me. All I do is get the loads assigned to me every week. No chasing, nothing. Uh, get in the truck on the same day go out there and back and get a, you know, same day for the second run back. And it's just boring the crap out of me. I need, I started you, doing my IFTA, bouncing my IFTA, make sure the numbers right. match what Landstar's got and right. all this stuff just to keep myself occupied. Then I go over my numbers and it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive myself ragged. And that's what happened when I was a company driver. I get bored. I'd be like, this stuff's boring. I need something else to do. You know, AJ, I had this conversation the other day, and I've had it several times over the years. And, and I don't think that people who aren't really like true, die-hard, died-in-the-wool entrepreneurs understand this. Somebody who just disagrees with me about almost everything, says I'm wrong about all of this, who really kind of believes we should all be union employees, uh, on a space, he asked me, well, if you're so good at this, if you're so successful at owning trucks, why did you sell yours? And I've had that question a lot. And, and no matter how many ways I explain it, it seems like they, it, it just, they won't comprehend it. And what I said was exactly what you just said. I said, I, I, had, I was just bored. I said, I had owned those trucks, that contract with FedEx for well over 20 years. There was not one more thing I could do to squeeze one more penny of profit out of that operation. So, so now, and I wasn't working it. I wasn't driving the trucks. I've made the, the point that I didn't even work a half hour on that contract. There was nothing to do. It ran itself and it was very profitable. So the thought is, well, why not keep it? Well, one... I didn't want to spend as much time as I needed to in Florida to keep it running that well. And I had, I was living halfway across, well, all the way across the country. I mean, you can't get much farther apart than Orlando and Portland. And it, there was no challenge anymore. I didn't want to grow it because I didn't have time to grow it with everything else I was doing. And somebody made me a really good offer. 
I, I was thinking about selling it. I was kind of bored with it, didn't know what to do, wanted to do more things, the radio show, our software, all that stuff, the CMC I wanted to create. And one of the other contractors made me an offer. And the offer was really good. And I thought, now's the time. They're making the offer. I don't even have to do anything except say yes. And it also gave me a lot of capital to build on what I'm building now. And even after I explained that, their attitude was, oh, that doesn't make any sense. If it was still profitable, why didn't you just keep it? So they they really want to believe that I had to sell my trucks because I couldn't manage them. When, when in reality, I had managed them so well for so many years, I was just bored with it. Yep, yep, and that, that's, that's where I'm at. So one thing I want to say before, if there's anybody listening, what, what, uh, what I'm saying is they wouldn't let me put another truck on without another driver. Like, they right. would let me add that truck if that guy went and worked for me. Right. But if there's no driver right. in it, they won't let me. They won't let me keep it. So I just want to keep that out in case anybody was wondering. No, that's, they, a, that's a good point. Uh, FedEx did in allow us to keep trucks on as long as we kept insurance they had to stay up at you know pass all inspections and all that but we could keep a truck parked on the lot forever if we wanted to right right so the yeah the, the, the boredom thing is like that's where i'm at with the business like i don't I, I go in there on one day a week i add a settlement and then at the end of the month i, I finish the month i mean the settlement takes me five minutes the end of the month takes me 15 minutes right. using the profit gauges and that's it Other i know that, i just wait for the uh for the dispatch, uh, not dispatch, but I wait for the uh, load to get put on me under the app, yeah. and I get in the truck and drive, and it's like that's all that's all I do. And it's, yeah. the numbers are great, but I live up here in the Northeast, and I mean that my monthly budget at home is is out of this world. People would throw up <laughs> if I told them the numbers, but it's just to run a household up here in the Northeast, right, right outside of Boston on the water. It's like uh, so. Anyways, and uh, what else is I going to say? Uh, I want to get in. To the coaching I paid for it. I want to get in there and and uh, and and you know work with you. I got some numbers to bump off you, know, and uh, yeah, so go from there. I'd like to sell this truck just to get a little more capital going. That's um, here. Then, here's what I'm going to say. Buy another one. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say about that truck now going forward. Um, you know, if you were staying at Landstar, we already determined it's not an issue. They won't let you keep it. You got to sell it. When you said, well, I'm going to get my authority this year, then I start thinking maybe we should keep it. But here's, here's where we are on that. You could flip a coin. It's not going to matter. This isn't going to be a decision that either makes or breaks you. This is one of those decisions that's just not that critical. If you, if you kept it, you'd be fine. If you sell it, like you say, you have a little more capital, you could maybe make more modifications faster on the other truck. So this is, this is one of those decisions that I like because there is no wrong answer. Yeah. And you could take a look at the truck. It's over on Trucking Tribe. Um, yeah. I put it on there. Hopefully it was all right. If I did oh, that, no, absolutely. The other day that members are, members are buying and selling from each other. I said, oh, really? I didn't know that. So yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't want to turn this show into a swapping shop, but, you know, now and then yeah, when a guy no, like yeah, you comes yeah. along and has a truck and a, he's done all the right things, absolutely. We'll, if you want to sell it, we'll put it out here on the air too. Excellent. Yeah, it's in the, in the it's a nice truck. 20, it's 2014, it's on the lower years of what you were, you know. Yeah, what you yeah. were looking at for for depth. I mean, that, that thing has never been a problem. Max mileage from the beginning. I got this Ploger truck. I had to, um, you know, replace the DCR. Right. But that's that's fine because, you know, it's it needed it, so I'll start from scratch. But, I mean, this truck is really nice. I was, I fell in love with the Volvo. I didn't realize 
if I was going to do that. <laughs> so I went from a, from a Cascadia to the Volvo, and like just the little things that Volvo engineers have done to help to help the driver out, to help like the maintenance. Have you ever towed one of these things? They got like Schrader valves under the on the firewall, so you could add air to the system, right? And and you can air it up, and it's like right there on the firewall. You don't have to pull plastic off to get to the air tanks and all yep. that. Just the little thing, little things like that. So, yeah, no doubt. But you know. I'm not asking I'm not asking for much for this truck, I don't think, you know. No, the, we, the Cascadia. we love keeping these kind of trucks in the tribe because people in the tribe appreciate these kind of trucks. You know, you, you put the right value on this truck, and many people in the market are going to look at it and go, well, that's a little expensive for that one, but, but it's not. They don't understand the value, so that's why we really like to keep these trucks in the tribe. Yeah. Yep, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like the like the torsional dampener, I had you know Pittsburgh Power do that, and it, you know they went through it a little bit, and just the, people were like, well, so what? Uh, you know, why'd you change? Why'd you change the dampener? That don't mean nothing to me. It's like okay, right? But I know the tribe. But I know the tribe will. So uh, I can leave my number with Ann, uh, with uh, Brittany if anybody you know wants that number when they call in. Or Perfect. Whatever. Yeah, do that. I'll well, go ahead and put you back in the queue when we're done. And. All right, and all right, perfect. We will uh, talk to you All soon. Right, Looking forward to having you in the CMC. You're the perfect candidate for it, by the way. Let's, um, uh, Brittany, if you could um, pick that call up, get uh, AJ's number in case somebody wants to talk to him about his truck. The other way to do it is to uh, go to truckingtribes.com. Uh, AJ says he's got it posted over there as well. Uh, phone lines are open. We've got enough time to take a couple more calls. Phones are a little slow right now. So jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. We are going to switch on over to rolling toe here in about 24 minutes. So jump in and join us while you've got time. Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, good morning. What's up, Kevin? I actually got my answer that I was going to ask you, but, um, I was listening to the, the show before this, and it was an older show, and it was a tone he was asking about, talking about his truck lurching forward with the Packard. He can go on. Packard's got like a uh, training videos, and those Packard, the Packards, if you put everybody matches their foot on them because they, well, you can't call them automatics with auto shifts, and that thing reacts to your to your foot. It learns your driving habits. So if you pull up to a light and you stop and you put your foot on the brake, right, and you leave your foot there, when you get, as you're going down, when you're going up to a light, you got to let that truck downshift itself. You know, it'll downshift to its lowest gear. And if that gear suffice for you to take off with it, then you just put your foot lightly on the gas. If it's not suffice and you go to do it, then you got to, you can manually shift it. You just push the shifter down, it'll drop the gear and then it'll have the acceleration and it, won't have that lurching forward neither. So if you go to put your foot, you know, you go, you, you go to a light, you put your foot on the brake and you're still rolling, still in the high gear, it's still thinking you're wanting to go because of the gear it's in and it'll shove, it shoves you. It's, yeah. There's, he, there's, a, there's a thing, there's a training video for that or, or even, I forget, I don't have, he goes and looks at the car's thing that Van and I believe, just like a Volvo has that too, but I mean, he can learn about it and um, I got a brand new one and that's what I did. I took the book home. I, I read through the, everything on it. And, you know, I'm loving this new truck. It's amazing. It's, and it's got a pack car and it's got the uh, auto shift and all that too. But, I mean, I like it. So, Good. anyway, so let me, uh, this is re- the reason why I called was 
Like Leanne calls me yesterday. She wanted to go to the doctor, and they said uh, we can't give you any. She was going for immunotherapy. They said you don't have any insurance. The company, the company she works, which is a hospital, you think these people would notice? She was on FLMA, and that's who was paying her medical benefits. Well, it was only good for 14 weeks or 16 weeks. It ran out in January, at the end of January. They never sent her a letter. I, I have not, I'm not privy to, you know, her getting, you know, making right. sure everything's up to date. Right. And she, they, so, so they canceled. So what's really cool is also goes along with relationships and not burning bridges. The company I used to work for in Wisconsin, Time Transport, I stayed in touch with the HR. I mean, it's a family-owned company. And yeah. She's great. She, she, oh, you know, they did right by me. I could call her up anytime and have five a question so she got back to me gave it again i was concerned that she was going to lose the benefits but cobra will pick it up oh good and they just lapsed they just lapsed in that sending the note out and all this stuff so i finally just found that out i was going to ask you if you or if you knew anything about that but it's just she was a mess thinking you know you know i'm gonna die am i gonna oh, be able to get back no you're not right you right. know just <laughs> well we'll we'll dig it you know we'll get it figured out like yeah. that. and then again i if anybody's looking for a job on Wisconsin local home, or they do over the road stuff too, not far. It's a great company, Time Transport, man. And like I said, Good. the people there are amazing to work for. But just to like to just have that relationship. Still, I mean, I've been gone from there for almost four years, and I was able to pick up a phone and you know get get answers. So. Good. You know, you Good. guys, when you leave someplace, you never want to burn a bridge to anybody. Man, uh, you got to stick with it. So. Good advice. But, Good advice. Uh, I let someone else get in there. Thank you. Right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Let's go to Ohio. Harold, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. I just wanted a, a comment on what happened to me back in the early 90s. We had bought a guy's business out, and I think we had maybe five or six, maybe seven trucks at the time, and these people came knocking on our door wanting to be business consultants, and me not knowing much about business at the time, I brought them in, and paid somewhere around $20,000 for them to come in for about two weeks. Yep. One of the questions they asked me was, what is your cost per mile? And I had no idea at that time. I just, <laughs> right. You know, I, I just, I did things by the seat of my pants. I had one truck and this guy wanted to sell me his business, so I bought it. He had about six customers at the time, and over about an eight-year period, we grew him into uh, 256 customers. But the stuff you talk about is such a bargain compared to what I paid those guys. I mean, I don't know how I came up with the money to do it. I never paid anybody that much money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of money. But we were able to set the business up on, you know, get everything on the computer, all the dispatch on the computer, get all our records in there and start running it like a true business, which I had no idea how to do. I mean, I did one year at Pepperdine when it used to be in Watts, and then I jumped out of there because I wanted to go into the work world and bought a truck without ever driving one at age 25. <laughs> and I went coast to coast a couple years hauling produce and, right. and, and then stumbled into a strike and met the guy that had the little business there in California. And I mean, it worked out well, but yeah. the cost yeah. you're, you're asking for this is so minimal compared to what you get. I mean, I've been listening to you since 07, and I've probably got a lot of this just through the radio show. You can, actually. That you talk right. about. 
Yeah, a lot of it. The slowing down, the, you know, the, your accounting program. I started doing that when we had, I think, nine car carriers. And I would do each car carrier at the end of the year just to see where I was. Yeah. Exa- exactly. And that helped me to know that if a guy was going to leave, and we had the same guys, I've told you this before, for 29 years. Right. So I was yeah. pretty lucky. But, 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 but when I looked at each truck individually on your accounting program, I knew that if someone went away, I should just sell the truck. Right. And it gave me information that I did. I just, I had a pretty good idea, but I didn't know for sure. So having each one specifically on your program was an amazing tool. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing like knowing what your costs are and, and all that. I mean, I wish my numbers were as good as Matt's. And you looked at mine. As a car carrier, my numbers were pretty close to him gross-wise, maybe a little more. Yep. But uh, one more year to pay on this truck, (laughs) one more year to pay on this truck, and maybe I'll be a little closer to Matt. There you go. (laughs) No, no doubt. You know, the the idea for the CMC, I had had in my head for a long time. Really, I can remember exactly when I had the idea, and it's interesting that it was at Matt's. 1999 it was when i did my first seminar ever and i was only supposed to be on the panel i've told the story many times but i realized that that i was pretty good at this and i had good information that would help people and i'm a big reader i read constantly a couple books a week usually and i remember the book i read not long after that it was called guerrilla marketing and I almost stopped reading it because it was so much about marketing and we don't really do a lot of marketing in trucking. We, we have a different model here and that's unusual. Almost every business on the planet, one of the most important things they have to do is market. You can have the best product in the world, the best value, all you want, but if people don't know about it, you'll fail. You know that, what's the, what's the saying? Um, if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. It's absolutely false. You can build the best mousetrap in the world. If you don't know how to market it, nobody's going to know about it. But in trucking, we That's don't need true. to market because the work is available anytime you want it. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't market, but you don't have to. It's not a big part of our industry. So when I realized that, you know, am I really going to get enough out of this book? Um, we don't do a lot of marketing, but but I push through and later on in the book the guy talked about this program that he created and he was in the carpet cleaning business and he learned how to maximize profit as a small carpet cleaner so he created a course to teach other people how to do it that's kind of where the idea for the cmc came from except his course was ten thousand dollars and, and I looked at that and I thought, I'd love to be able to charge $10,000. And I actually think there's much more than $10,000 worth of value here. The problem is our industry Absolutely. just won't support those kind of prices. That is true. So I had to figure out how to do it cheaper. And, and we tried the CMC at $1,800. And, and at a certain point, we realized we can't afford to keep doing this. We put a lot of time, yeah. a lot of resources, and we just don't make enough profit. We would have to double our ticket price for this to make sense. 
And we knew there was just no way. If we doubled the ticket price, we, we, I'm sure we would have cut our attendance by more than half, and we'd be in the same boat. We still wouldn't be profitable enough doing it. So we're, we're, Yes, the costs are high. They are, and they've gotten much, much higher. Somebody asked me yesterday in the space, um, and they, they had some ideas on how they could help me and on this particular event. And I said, I, I think we're okay. I said, this first event, we don't need to make any money on this. This is, you know, we need to make money on the big program, but this, this first day and a half is to teach people some really good stuff and give them an opportunity because it is too hard to describe everything you're going to learn in this program. I just can't do it. But in a day and a half, with me teaching some of this stuff, you're going to see how much value is really here. And that's the point. We need to get enough people into this program to make it profitable so we can keep doing it. And, and the challenge on the CMC is never that people aren't interested. They are. And people get tons of value from it. The challenge for us is, is how do we deliver all of this material and, and not go broke doing it? Uh, but somebody said, what's your budget on this first event? And I think a lot of people were shocked. For a day and a half, to have 200 people in that room, we have a $50,000 budget, and we're struggling to, to maintain that budget right now. I wouldn't doubt it. Costs are so high on everything now. It's just insane. Yeah, uh, lunch, a, a decent lunch at an event like this, and they threw $100 a person to us as a price for lunch. We're only charging $100 what? for the whole event. That's crazy. That's, that's what it's, that's, that's how, that's Biden's inflation. So when we keep hearing, oh, yeah. inflation is, is coming back down, hell no, it's not. Not on the stuff we need every day, like food. Um, restaurant bills are through the roof, and they're not making a whole lot of money. We've dealt with this before, and $100 a lunch is an outrageous price. But, but that's just pure inflation. That's what's happened. Wow. Yeah, that's... I, I just can't say enough how much you've helped me just listening to you. I've never gone to the CMC, but I feel like I've gotten a lot of the information from you and listening to Bruce and, and everyone. It's, uh, it's just, I can't even calculate the money that you've saved me. And I'm probably in business today because of you. Well, thank you for that. thank you for that every, yeah, every single I, day. Yeah, I, well, thanks for the feedback. I appreciate that. And we want to keep doing that. I mean, I love what I do. Um, we've got to make some money doing it. And, and this program has always been a challenge. It's my favorite thing to do. I love this program. I've worked on it for, honestly, I've worked on it for decades when it comes right down to it. We just have to figure out a way to deliver it so that we make a little money doing it. And you should. You absolutely should. I never, when I have the other business costs, I just focus on making more money. Right. And I had never even thought about that until I started listening to you in 07. And at that time, we probably had six car carriers, and I tried to get everyone to slow them down. I tried giving them bonuses for fuel mileage, and as you said in the past, that didn't work very well. <laughs> that doesn't it, work it, very it well. With, it, 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 it worked with two of the guys. Right. But it, the rest of them didn't, didn't care. You know? it, it, 
it seems like it should work. It seems really logical. Uh, if you save me some money on fuel, I'll give you a big part of that savings. The, the problem is we're human nature. People are just too short-sighted. They, they can't see the consequence of their actions or the rewards that they could get. And I, I, I've looked at these fuel bonus programs in the industry and almost every one of them have been total failures. I, I have one that actually works because it virtually guarantees that they'll get their bonus. Whereas the other, the, the other programs, if all you're going to tell them is, well, you get better fuel mileage and I'll give you a bonus. The problem is too much of that fuel mileage is not in their control. That's that's true, and we were doing it as an annual payout. Exactly. And I think out of right. the six or seven guys, I, I ended up giving two guys bonuses because they got somewhere close to where I was. Right. Which on the car carriers was eh, five and a half, I think. At five uh, and a half 5. on a car carrier, you're doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, my last uh, my last quarterly mileage, I was at five point seven five, which is the highest I've gotten. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. This this Cummins and the Peterbilt are about all we can use. I know uh, some people are putting Volvos in car carriers now, but it doesn't have the the setup that Joel has. It's uh, the old the old technology. Right, right. Yeah, um, you know, in the car hauler business, Peterbilt has just dominated that forever. But but Volvo's making some headway. Volvo's going to make headway into a lot of places where people don't expect. I've made the comment. That in my opinion, and boy, do I take a lot of heat over this one. Um, there's no doubt in my mind right now, Volvo builds the best heavy haul setup on the on the market. And people really we had the frozen, really want to push back frozen, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a nice one. When we had the frozen food business, I bought a 377 Peterbilt. And it was the first aerodynamic one that I'd bought. I'd had always had the 359s or whatever they were then. Right. And uh, we had Bruce Canapa. You may have seen what he did with Kenworth when, when they first came out with the aerodynamic one. They, he put full fairings on it, changed the bumper around. And, and I did that to a Peterbilt. I spent about $20,000 to get all that stuff on there. But I got maybe a half a mile per gallon better with it. Wasn't yeah. that much better, but that was a mechanical yeah. cat, so you can't can't expect much. Half mile per gallon at those numbers, pretty big savings. Hey, Harold, I just looked at the clock. I got a one more call I want to grab here before we head on into rolling toe. Good talking to you. Thanks for all the feedback and the compliments. I appreciate it. Let's go to Florida. Matt, welcome. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Well, uh, first off, I just want to congratulate Harold there for trying to compare his numbers to mine and then looking at it and saying, I think he said uh, next year or two he should have some trucks paid off and he right. should be able to compete with me. That's right. And nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than hearing that, that. I know. People look at their numbers and try to figure out how to improve their own. Yeah. That, that's my whole point of putting out my numbers. I just I want to have people call and ask how to do it and get, make everybody better. It, it, you know, it. you and I have talked about this in the past. It, it's one thing I would like to see happen more on this show. I wish we would spend more time with more people's numbers. So, uh, but yeah, the, the CMC, the, the biggest question I always got afterwards 
from friends. What was the one biggest thing you learned? (laughs) (laughs) I know. There isn't one thing. There is never one thing. The 100 small things that make a huge difference. That's exactly right. For, For example, you put out the number many, many times over history of IFTA. If you really know it right, it's maybe $2,000 a year you could save. Yeah. Well, $2,000 in today's business is not a whole lot of money. No, it's really not. But you start doing 15, 20 things like that? Correct. Now, you know, we're talking about real money now. Well, well, I'll go back to the the example I I used of you and the lease purchase guy. Here's two guys basically doing the same job every day. They own a truck. They hook up to trailers. They move freight around. How is it possible that one made $13,000 and one made $274,000? Now, I get we're not comparing the same year, but but there's no way the difference should be that big. And it is. And there's there's never going to be one thing that you're you're it's a hundred things that make the difference between those two operations yeah so i uh you know i listen to mike rose podcast every week and it's it just blows my mind completely different areas of business of people he interviews and all that and every week it's it's like i learned something new it's fascinating right this week i heard something and i don't know if you know this i've never heard you talk about it but your NDK coffee, or, you know, originally Bulletproof coffee, keto coffee, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. You have calls about people that are drinking way too much caffeine. Right. And, you know, one solution is switching to decaf if it's coffee. If it's some of the other crap drinks, just quit them completely. That's right. Did you know there is a way with coffee to reduce the speed, I guess, of your caffeine intake that i i've never thought about it but now that you said it my thought would be add a bunch of fat to it yep (laughs) adding fat to your coffee blows down the digestion of caffeine right right as soon as you i've never thought about (laughs) it it before i heard that it it just blew my mind yeah yeah as soon as you said it i knew what was coming yep yeah yeah yeah, put a bunch of fat in there Yep, and because yeah, the the fat absorbs some of the caffeine, right? And you digest fat slower than anything else, so it 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 doesn't change the overall effect. It just it changes the speed of it, you know. So a a cup of high fat coffee will give you a slower, longer amount of caffeine throughout the day. Well, here's the interesting thing. I'm not sure if I've ever told this or not. I may have at some point. But I did not discover Bulletproof Coffee while I was doing my health research. I had found Bulletproof Coffee long before I ever decided to do the health program. It didn't come after. It actually came before. The first time I heard about Dave Asprey, it wasn't the health part of it I was interested in. When Dave first brought out Bulletproof Coffee, he wasn't promoting it for health, really. He was actually... He was like an executive coach for a while he he was one of those early um tech guys he made like millions of dollars in his 20s and then he went on to help other tech ceos perform better and the bulletproof coffee was actually a performance enhancement 
the, the, the brain octane helped you think better. The fat and the caffeine cleared, cleared up your brain. When I first heard and the first time I ever tried Bulletproof Coffee was before the whole health kick. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, yeah, I know Bulletproof has been around a long time. Yeah, um, and, and originally he— Looking at the clock— he, yeah, he really promoted that as as performance enhancement, not really as a health thing. I, I got some homework for you to do before tomorrow's show. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be calling in. You were just talking about the Volvo engine yeah. and how impressive it is. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about the S13 engine, which is the new international engine. Oh, yeah. And their T14 transmission. But I need Joel and Henry's expertise to and i, I got to do some research myself yet but uh, i'll it. be test driving one. Oh, okay so yeah that's interesting we will talk about that tomorrow well, preview for tomorrow so yeah so let you move along I, i'm pretty sure that um we've I, joel's talked about it before P- part of the reason you're seeing this over at international s13 and a 14 speed transmission this sounds really familiar doesn't it yeah, I think somebody else might have looked at this idea. Yeah, yeah, I think what happened <laughs> was... Has it out? I, I forget what the guy's name or the title, but somebody from way up high at Volvo, I think, is now running international. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, I forgot about that. I, I, I forget the guy's it, title or name, Joel. Partners the, yeah. Yeah, with Man and um, Scania, because, yeah, all their previews are the people from Sweden. Right, introducing this engine and transmission. So, yep. But, All right. It, so we'll uh, talk about that tomorrow. Yep, we'll talk about it. It is time. Thanks for the call, as always. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.